Okay. Today, my guest is Professor Ilan Vertinsky. I'll keep my introduction short to maximize our time with him. In the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about Ilan as a person. Professor Vertinsky is a thought leader and an esteemed scholar, and finally, as a mentor to many PhD students and junior faculty. For the sake of time, I'll skip many of his accomplishments and give you a very quick snapshot. Professor Bertinsky has written ex extensively on international business and international trade with a focus on Asia, strategic management of high-tech firms and comparative management with a focus on Japan and China. He has also notable papers in forest policy and forest economics. He has served as an area editor, associate editor, or editor-in-chief of various field journals, such as JIPS, the Canadian Journal of Operations Research and Information Processing, and Journal of Business Administration, among others. He has received the Distinguished Scholar-in-Residence Award from the Peter Wall Institute and the Outstanding Scholarship Award from AGSM, as well as several research and teaching awards from University of British Columbia, the Chinese University of Hong Kong, and University of International Business and Economics in Beijing. Thank you, Ilan, for joining us. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, first question, what did you want to become when you were a child? Uh, you asked me what I wanted to be when I was a child. Yeah. Depending on what age, I did change <laughs> my ways. But I actually wanted to, when I was around 10 or, or 11, I wanted to be a a nuclear physicist and a politician. <laughs> Very interesting combination, but yeah. it plays a role actually in, in my career later. Uh, Ilan, where did you grow up? So, where did you grow up? I grew up in Israel and uh, I'm just adjusting my voice. I grew up in, in I was born in, in it wasn't Israel when I was born, but uh, it became Israel when I was a child. Um, uh, and uh, I was there until, until I went to study in Berkeley for my PhD. Okay, what made you choose uh, international business uh, as a field? Uh, well, I, I, I actually, I was, um, okay. Uh, I was always interested in, in international politics, so it was more or less my hobby rather than my training. My training was opera operation research mm -hmm. and in Berkeley and uh, economics. And uh, I kind of gravitated, I started doing international business because of interest and, uh, and, uh, and I continued throughout the years uh, to do both, uh, to do a variety of things uh, in the same time. So, for example, my appointment in in Northwestern was in in managerial economics, and then when I moved to to Vancouver to UBC, I actually was doing a combination of being having an appointment both in the business school and also in the Institute of Animal Ecology. But that has to do more, and, and in fact, I had a choice to, to be fully in the business school, two-thirds in ecology, and it is animal ecology, so it was the, the discipline in, in zoology. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I 
actually chose what I knew less, which was I <laughs> chose two thirds in the institute and one third in the business school. And over the years, I also moved to the Institute of Asian Research with the same kind of proportion. And, and, and now I'm actually wholly in the business school. And in terms of teaching, I, I always liked to teach. And most of the years I taught international business. And it was something that I liked to teach. And I still like to teach. And, uh, and so that's kind of the involvement. But, but uh, in terms of research, I kept, I, I actually had to go and look at my resume and see what I've done in international business. And, and I found out that I actually, it was throughout all these years, I always uh, was engaged, even when I did things such as forestry, it had to do with uh, usually the trade issues and, and uh, fact, both in practice, I was advising the government in, in dealing with some of our trade dispute with the US. And, and um, so that's it. I see. Uh, about uh, forest policy and forest economics, uh, that, that was unique. That was unique on your CV, uh, your uh, research on forestry. Uh, how did they come about? How, how did uh, it uh, became uh, important? Actually, you, you do have a very strong uh, pipeline in forest education, uh, forest economics. Well, I mean, in some ways, my career was driven by opportunities and interests. Okay, so if you have an interest in policy, politics, etc., for example, I was running. I was running two in, two centers in in the university here for many years each, and uh, one of them was uh, a, con a contract. Uh, UBC was one of five centers that the Canadian Foreign Ministry uh, supported. It was called Center for International Business Studies, and uh, so that kind of kept me interested in issues of trade and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, the the other one was the the again a, a center that was supported by the a, a, another ministry federal ministry which was forestry and forest they were interested really in forest economics and forest issues and that kind of allowed me both to be on the practical side and also uh, on the on the theory side. And in fact, by the way, there, you know, some of my skills in terms of simulation and operation research and economics kind of allow, and international business kind of all mixed up. So over the 15 years that I ran that center, uh, First of all, I got, not I, but the center got a lot of money over the years. And uh, I, I, I not hired, but I involved a lot of faculty members with a grant program in the center's activities. So I learned about a whole lot of, a lot of issues. Also, by the way, for example, in international business, being an area editor, 
was a learning process for me as well, knowing more and more about it and getting then more interested in things. Interesting. Uh, Ilan, some things uh, not on your CV that uh, people might find interesting about you, some hobbies, uh, whatever. Uh, can you tell us about your hobbies that you would not put on your CV? So having any hobbies that you might find? Oh, hobbies. Yeah, I like, in fact, by the way, one of the reasons I sort of liked to move from, when I was in Northwestern, by the way, I I, I was saying that I, I loved the university. I thought it was great and gave me a lot of opportunities. And in fact, one of the opportunities was they helped me get, they, they, they had an institute of intersocietal studies that was supported by the Ford Foundation. And through them, I got a grant for one year to go to South America, to Colombia. And in that particular case, it was in a big project, a simulation project, basically a development project that, that involved developing large simulation. By the way, large simulation those days uh, was not so large as today. <laughs> because the computer power, et cetera, were significantly lower. But, but in any case, uh, this kind of, this kind of, so being there, I, I got interested in, in the health because part of, part, and if you looked at my resume, you would find out that, that there was in those early days, I had a whole lot of publication on health, uh, health management. Uh, mostly it was operation research kind of economic kind of work. And so that did not, it, it had only the, to a certain extent, the, it had some, some international part, but during that time I also kind of was interested then in in, in both in politics in Colombia, land economics policies, etc., and uh, so kind of my career was always moving. But I always kept. I would say that's what I found out to my surprise that all these years I always done something on international international economics or international business. Okay. So, Thank you. And of course, by the way, my work also was influenced not just influenced, but enriched by the fantastic students that I had over time. And so from them, I learned quite a bit. Yeah, I actually counted your PhD students on your CV. It was, I think we I stopped counting together, it. <laughs> we have, I had 30 students, 30 PhD students that I supervise. In fact, the last, the last student is not even in UBC, it's in, in Kenya. So I'm just finishing here. We had some arrangement with, uh, with a university in Kenya, the UBC and that university. And uh, so I was asked to supervise a student and, and like four years ago, and she's about to finish now. And in fact, there they asked you to, and again, her, her interest was social media. So I had to learn about social media. And, and so that's kind of like a, a drive. Now it's not 
it's not a, a good, it's not something that I will advise others. You know, my student always was advised by me to focus and, they, and they've done very well. Uh, I, I, I try to focus by having at least in each field that I worked, at least some uh, crit critical mass. Interesting. Uh, Ilan, if you could do it all over again, would you follow the same path or would you change your trajectory? Well, the only change I would have done is, uh, is early in my career, actually, uh, when I was a PhD student, I was in great hurry, despite the fact I, I was in Berkeley and after two years, I took my exams, uh, my, or, my oral exam and all the, all the prelims. And uh, instead of staying and, and enjoying the life I did there and learning there, I actually took my first job and uh, which was not far away because I was having to write my dissertation still, and uh, then moved to Northwestern after one year, and uh, which was a good experience, and I did finish my PhD, but uh, I kind of, in retrospect, I would say I really enjoy my life there, and I could have done the teaching, the, I'm sorry, the learning, there rather than as as I moved on. Now I was taking courses any place like in Northwestern. I took courses in economics and in in, in UBC I was auditing a lot of courses. And uh, on the biology side I actually I and my first PhD student uh, who was in ecology not in the business school uh, we went together to courses to I took the, I took the same courses they did, <laughs> but I did have the methodology side. Uh, you know, that was kind of the core of my movement. But then, you know, otherwise it was interest that was driving me. What, what are you most proud of? Well, I'm always the most proud of the students that I generated because they are the ones who are now kind of. They are the ones who are the, uh, the thought leaders, etc. Though I'm still having my my thought about international business now, which became a much more focus of what I'm doing these days. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I I I, I don't know if you got. I I didn't update my 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 CV for the. So you you. For, for the last year, once a year I did uh, it. There is uh, a lot more in international business in my CV as it will come in, the, in one month. So. Okay, uh, after the recording, I will ask for you to send me an updated uh, bio, which will be posted on the webpage. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's uh, I mean... perfect. So, uh, Ilan, let's say you're stranded on the side of the road in a small village. Uh, locals don't know anything about you. They are curious what you do for a living. Uh, what do you explain to people who don't read scholarly journals uh, about what you do and why, why your research is important? Well, it depends. Since I do different things, I have different stories for different people, right? So, especially when you're in the grant business, you have to 
you you cannot appear to be not focused. Uh, so I'm I'm quite focused about my my interests, and in each one of them, I have I have I think I do some some important things and some less important things, uh, and so I. I I mean, the common things is it used to be operation research and methodologies. So I would emphasize contribution to the to especially simulation, but also I've done some I've done some work on optimization. Uh, the work on international business is probably the easiest to explain because I was uh, on the practical side. I was involved in in some negotiation on, on that involved the uh, disputes on international business. I'm, some of my work right now is definitely uh, is important because it, it involves with issues in, in this particular case, for example, the last year I was focused on, on uh, basically what I think is important it's an important theme in, in international business. And I'm not the first one to say that. Tis uh, uh, was one of the people who's pushing for the importance of the difference, the, 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 the differences in the global arena in terms of uh, uh, political geography. And, uh, and, and so, Explaining that is easy because most people now understand the, and sometimes I'm afraid necessarily or not necessarily about relationship between China, in the especially in the technology field, the, the, the race between China and the US, and so the race for, I would call hegemony. And in fact, my last, my last paper, I think in, in, in Jibs, which, is they haven't yet it was published but haven't yet appeared in in the it's still on, available online uh, has to do with the relationship between uh, China and the US especially in the area of technology but uh, but uh, where I found out that misunderstanding between the two between between the two national uh, is is essentially kind of quite dangerous for the world. And so when I explain to people, first of all, to understand it's how important it is to understand the other culture, it's not just the other culture, the other system, the other uh, ideologies, the basically the other perception. So in fact, one paper that I have, that I'm still struggling and having a, I'm revising it now, uh, has to do with the importance of incorporating Chinese perspective into the, into the AIB. If, and the idea, it's, um, as it happened, I was pleasantly surprised to see an editorial by the editor of, the new editor of Jibs, a very, very nice, very important, I think, editorial, but one of the themes that she is pushing is again to have the, and I look at it, Western and non-Western perspective, the idea of moving it into the, the into 
in this case into the Jeeves arena. And, uh, and she's committed to do so. Uh, before that, uh, we had, I mean, the, the, the idea of Chinese, Chinese perspective introduced to the introduced to AIB and and its publication, uh, I was asked by the former editor-in-chief uh, to help a group of Chinese scholars uh, to develop basically a debate about the issue of Chinese perspective. And it took two, three years, but we eventually submitted something about half a year ago, and we are now working on, on redoing it because things move since then. There is now more recognition of the need to do so. Okay, uh, the current editor in chief is Rosetta Tang, and uh, the previous one was Alain Verbeke. Just for the records, uh, case uh, someone uh, in the future uh, listens to this uh, interview. Uh, I, I've seen the paper, the, the most recent uh, GIFs paper that you've, uh, you've written on on the Chinese uh, and American competition. Um, about the next five years, some five to 10 years of uh, IB research, obviously you're talking about geopolitics, you're talking about political science, international relations, conflict, and uh, sources of conflict. Uh, uh, would you say the next five to 10 years of the field is going to be focused on these areas or do you have other predictions? No, there are, I say there are a lot of, I mean, th this is one of the things that I think international business always attracted me. It's the diversity or disciplinary diversity and diversity of issues that it deals, anything from micro issues to, to basically global issues. It's not that it's super micro issues. And the openness of of the of, of the system. So, I, in, if I look at the kind of topics that I dealt with, they are all still, you know, they are always progress in, in them. Not by me necessarily, by by other people. Uh, and they, we learn more. And also the arena changes, so the content changes. But it can be anywhere from cultural cultural differences, not just ideological and, and political difference. Uh, there is, so I think that's, that will continue though it's not anymore, it would not be anymore just looking at distance. Uh, so distance, distance is not dead, okay? It's there, but there are a lot of studies on distance. So, so it is, uh, the, this, the movement is to go to more detail, to more context. In this is in in terms of this area, uh, the transfer. One area that is extremely important, uh, which I am engaged in, and uh, is is of course uh, the innovation and technological innovation and the issues of um, intellectual property protection and the different levels of it. So that's I think that's. The, 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 I, I think this uh, basically em emphasized that, he identified that as one of the 
key issues in some ways. In the China context, he looks at it as a, and there, by the way, our paper kind of goes against his, his kind of claim that this is an a urgent issue. We, we feel it's an important issue, but, and it's important. That's one of the reasons that, that I, I, I think that much more di the dialogue between Chinese scholars and, and other, and, you know, North, no, no, North American and European scholars is, is very important. And, and uh, I can see, I can see this area certainly important. I'm not quite sure that given the way we publish, et cetera, it's an easier, an easier area for people to get in unless they are kind of political scientists. And the, the problem with political scientists that they don't have necessarily the same interests as we in international business have, that is business. But for example, my, my kind of last partner on, on, on this area is a political scientist. And uh, so kind of people suggest again, more interdisciplinarity in our field. And, and I think that, that in that particular area, it, it is certainly an important thing. But I can see finance, finance, international finance is a very important area. I can see, especially today or yesterday, you can see the whole world now is teetering on the, on, on the possibility of, of another, you know, another crisis uh, or another deep, Global recession. Okay, so, so I, I see that this climate change, of course, that's another area that I do work on. And uh, again, I, the uh, climate change now is involved in almost almost anything. Okay, both in the economic, the strategy side, etc. And I can see more and more of it coming in also in, into international business. So, so I think that uh, there is a big arena, arenas, and the the nice, the great thing about the international business is that everybody can find his own. If you like, if you like micro kind of uh, issues, the cross-border micro issues are pretty difficult and interesting to solve. And Thank you. So Ilan was mentioning uh, about uh, current uh, banking or financial sector meltdown on mismanaged risks, uh, especially in the regional banks and Credit Suisse uh, example. Um, so uh, when you were going through the PhD program yourself, what was the best advice you received from your advisors? Uh, what advice I have about uh, what advice did they give to you when you were going through the PhD program at Berkeley? I don't think I don't I don't think that I got any advice. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, what is your no, advice? In fact, they probably were so happy to get rid of me that 
<laughs> okay. Oh no, it is not true. But uh, no, I, I think that focusing focusing is very important. But I had uh, my supervisor was a philosopher, so uh, who, by the way, was the father of operation research, uh, Wes Churchman, and he was very inspiring and and actually kind of maybe the influence that he he he. He, he gave he gave me was or the advice that he gave me is uh, go and conquer the world more or less but he did not want to constrain what I do he want to enable it and and uh, I said uh, but that's not advice that I give I, I I definitely if you are interested in, I usually used to give one year for students, to decide what they want to do in the sense and people, and quite often the people that I actually like to attract to be my students were people with great visions and, and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, intellectual power. Uh, so I would not constrain it, but, but I, from my experience, I know that uh, during your PhD, you should probably get your degree sometime, and uh, and uh, so so basically, with this kind of advice, I would say sometimes after a year, those who did not, I, I had people who drove me rather than I drove them. Okay, and that was actually quite great. And they were career oriented. They were very bright, and and they've done, by the way, very very well. Okay, and uh, and uh, so I did. But people who kind of were a little bit more spread, who did not focus after one year, I'll, I'll say you want to finish, do this, this, and that, and I, then we negotiate, and then they focus, and and they will finish. And I said after you finish, you know, when you get a job, then fly, go up. And many of them done it. I mean, I have, I'm very proud of them. I mean, obviously, best dissertation is a finished dissertation, and any offer is better than no offer in the job market. But uh, I have a question about. I, I, yeah, sorry. Uh, very focused. Uh, some some patients are very focused on their paper, their job market paper, and there is nothing else. They've got only one paper under their belt. No, but that's right, right. That's, I mean, the type of students that I actually probably attracted at the time, uh, we're not, we're not one paper people, okay? That I said, it was more trying to make sure that they finish quickly or not, not overly quickly, but quickly and then get a good career. Unfortunately, by the system right now is where you have a, a, you know ranking and rating and and an A journal versus a B journal, whether B minus journal. This so again, this is the reality. So as a student, have to live within this reality, but yet find ways to. Because the reality actually follows. We have, for example, in UBC, a list of journals in each division. Fortunately, you can publish in other divisions. 
okay, in their list, okay, but but I would say that it's very it narrows one's uh, possibilities. So, for example, if you want to do something in on climate change and publish in environmental journals, you may not find now for for. Fortunately, we do have very enlightened man management, a very good dean and a very good, you know, associate dean. So, 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 though we have these restraints and constraints, uh, we there is rec recognition that that especially new people can 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 do something broader and they can come and 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 plead their case. But again, the, the, I think that will disappear because it, it's necessary because all these kind of uh, journals that are not legitimate journals are appearing, okay? And right there, you can, you daily you get, I'm sure you get 15 invitations to be an editor, to be a, <laughs> <laughs> to publish something within, 48 hours with re re reviews, <laughs> you know? so so you need to have somewhere things that suggest quality, okay. But in the same time, and journals definitely are interested in in articles that will lead to to citation, etc. So their impact factor will be high. It's a race that has some good stuff in it, good good impact in it, because it's necessary in some way to 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 have quality within this, you know, deluge of uh, of bad, basically low quality journals. But I, I think this is and now we have, of course, the question of can can you have you your paper written by by AI applications. <laughs> it is a it is a serious problem, by the way. It is uh, in the MBA program. Uh, some of my students actually try to uh, do some of their assignments, their cases, their uh, write-ups using Chat GP, GP, yeah. and its variants. Uh, it actually shows and. You know, when they are redoing their assignments, they are rethinking about whether they should have submitted in the first place. Uh, Chomsky had a great uh, quote on that one. Uh, it is the most advanced form of plagiarism. And actually, is a point. And, yeah. uh, for the sake of time, what is a question that I should have asked you but haven't? What you asked a lot of nice questions, so I don't know if I if I was ready for more. I actually I I usually don't lose. I always have some answer, but but uh, I think you you within half an hour. So I saw I have to give you a compliment. I looked at some of you other, and unfortunately, I'm not as interested inter, interesting a candidate as some some that you had, but no, I really enjoyed I, that. I uh, Ilan, thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, so did I, so did I. I'm sure it will help uh, many patient students and junior faculty uh, progress uh, in, the, in their careers. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, goodbye.